The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Good morning. I'm Doug Krisner. And I'm Brian Curtis. Here are the stories we're following today. Chicago Fed President Austin Goolsbee calls slower U.S. inflation data fabulous news. A direct quote there. He told Yahoo Finance that he's keeping an open mind, though, about the Fed's next move. We're going to get multiple important observations about both inflation and the job market between now and September. And I'm open to reading the data. If there's a major change of conditions, uh, I haven't made up my mind for what should happen in September. But this golden path, which so far we're sticking on that line, that would be a triumph. And and it's certainly a possibility at this point. Austin Goolsby is a voter on monetary policy this year. He thinks the Fed should be able to lower inflation without triggering a recession. The Fed's next meeting is September 19th and 20th. Well, the Fed's saying today that U.S. banks reported tighter lending standards and continued weakness in demand for loans during the second quarter. We have a little bit more from Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet. It extends a trend that began before recent stresses in the banking sector emerged. According to a Fed survey of lending officers, the proportion of American banks tightening terms on commercial and industrial loans for medium and large businesses rose to 50.8%, up from 46% in the first quarter. The collapse of four U.S. regional banks since March sparked turmoil in the financial sector and increased concerns that lenders would rein in access to credit in a way that could tip the U.S. economy into a recession. In New York, Charlie Pellet, Bloomberg, Daybreak Asia. U.S. Commerce Secretary Gina Raimondo is planning to visit China later this month to try to reduce tensions between the two countries. Bloomberg's Bonnie Ao has more from Hong Kong. Raimondo is slated to go to Beijing the week of August 21st, but the dates are not yet finalized. Sources say it's still unclear what Raimondo could expect to deliver for U.S. businesses, but the commerce chief is hesitant to go without knowing the trip will yield positive outcomes. One likely deliverable could be a working group to discuss U.S. export controls. Her trip comes at a sensitive time in the bilateral relationship. That's with President Joe Biden set to sign an order this month that would curb U.S. technology investments in China. In Hong Kong, I'm Bonnie Al Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. Foxconn Technology Group, this, of course, is a main supplier for Apple. Well, Foxconn is now planning to invest about $500 million to build two factories in India. The story from Bloomberg's Joanne Wong in Hong Kong. 
We're told the factories will likely be built in India's southern Karnataka state. The factories will produce parts for Apple devices, including iPhones. This comes as the Taiwan supplier looks to shift its production away from China due to rising geopolitical tensions. India has fast become a popular destination for Foxconn and others, thanks to government incentives to boost local manufacturing. Separately, Foxconn has also signed an initial agreement with the southern Tamil Nadu government. That's to set up a component plan with an investment of $195 million. In Hong Kong, I'm joined Wong Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. Economists and markets are split on whether or not the Reserve Bank of Australia will hike interest rates one more time at a meeting today. Bloomberg's Paul Allen has a preview from Sydney. Traders see a 75% chance that the RBA stays on hold again today. Economists, meanwhile, are divided. 11 see the RBA holding. 15 expect one more 25 basis point rise taking the cash rate to 4.35%. The data is also balanced on a knife edge. The jobs market remains strong, but retail sales have softened. Inflation's also been coming down in Australia, with the trimmed mean slowing to 5.9%, but that is still well outside the target band of 2-3%, raising the question if more needs to be done, or if the lagging impact of 400 basis points of rate hikes over the past 14 months is enough. Paul Allen. Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. I'm Brian Curtis, along with Doug Krisner. So Doug Romando going to Beijing. Uh, in, in itself, it's it's also a pretty big story in that, you know, it's good to see top-level officials continuing to meet between the two sides. But also there was a line in that story that is kind of key, which is that she might not be going if there weren't some real deliverables. So that's something to watch out for. Yeah, and the state council calling on cities at the same time, talking about uh, what's going on in China. Uh, the state council being... Uh, kind of initiating this move to start introducing policies to ensure the healthy development of the property market. This is kind of consistent with everything that we've been talking about. Brian, I wonder how critical uh, property is to reversing this kind of sanguine um, sentiment that we've been seeing in China. Well, you know, this is a very big story and a very big issue and the state council moving like this, uh, putting the onus on uh, the cities to actually come up with policies devised for their own markets. And it is crucially important to get people spending again. And then we also had the top planners yesterday releasing this document about lifting restrictions on consumption. And this relates to car purchases and a whole bunch of other projects, including infrastructure and looking at food festivals and the like market. It was not jumping up and down over it, but it's just another relentless move by policymakers to try to get things moving. Yeah, and the currency seems to be holding up reasonably well. I think offshore today, we extended gains, uh, not only uh, offshore, but the onshore market as well. Uh, in the face of some dollar strength, and Joey Chu, who is head of uh, FX uh, research over at HSBC, was saying that uh, the firm really believes that the worst is over for the yuan. It'd be, be curious to kind of look at the connection between this uh, stimulus that we've been talking about and the movement in the currency. Yeah, and I think it's quite key that you have the offshore trading very uh, similar to the onshore, and that shows that uh, foreign investors, who usually are the first ones to uh, to kind of doubt what's going on, that uh, they're buying into this to a certain degree. Now it's time for global news. China is curbing drone exports after the U.S. said that it is 
It has been aiding Russia's war efforts. So let's get to the details on that with Ed Baxter in San Francisco. Ed. Yeah, that's right, Brian. While China says the restrictions are not aimed at any specific country, it has slapped the curbs not only on drones themselves, but on components that could help in making them. This includes what it calls aerial vehicles, including types employed by armed forces in the Ukraine war. Starting September 1st, drones, their engines, and infrared imaging equipment will not be allowed without a license. Well, we're getting more information about the executive order that's expected to come out of the Biden administration regarding tech policy toward China. Bloomberg's Kaylee Lyons says it is narrowing to focus on chips and AI. They're trying to keep it very narrow, very specific. We understand that executive order will focus on things like semiconductors, AI, and quantum computing. They aren't trying to put a, a wide cast on uh, on outbound investment into China. Just keep it focused on what would protect U.S. national security interests and not ha- harm China too greatly economically. Kaylee says uh, the administration is saying it does not want to hurt China, just protect national security. Presidential candidate Ron DeSantis is calling today for ending China's preferred trade status, saying we have to restore the economic sovereignty of this country and take back control from China. The abusive relationship, the asymmetric relationship between our two countries must come to an end. DeSantis also said he wants to increase domestic energy production, that he might replace Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell as well. Bloomberg's Laura Davison saying that he may be getting the message that the Republican Party wants him to move on to more economic issues and not just uh, berate Disney and talk woke. This is DeSantis trying to become the candidate that donors want to support. Um, he's had a major issue uh, both uh, in campaign and getting enough money to fuel his campaign. He laid off a third of his staff last week. And he has some polling problems. Um, uh, the new New York Times Siena poll has Trump hanging in very strongly, shows him with 54 percent. This is the Republican Party, 54 percent, DeSantis at 17 percent and the others at three or at two But some political action committee numbers coming out for the first half of the year. Interesting one. Americans for Prosperity Action, with close ties to the so-called Kim maker Charles Koch, raised $78 million. The goal is to try and prevent Donald Trump from becoming the Republican nominee. Along with Koch, the PAC received $5 million each from billionaires Rob Walton and Jim Walton. Meanwhile, Carlos de Oliveira, the property manager at Mar-a-Lago, was supposed to be arraigned and to enter a plea today in court, but rules of the federal court in South Florida require that a defendant is represented by a local lawyer. Now, his, at this point, John Irving, is not, but Irving did briefly talk with the media on his way out of court. The Justice Department has unfortunately decided to bring these charges against Mr. de Oliveira. The judge did instruct Dale Oliveira not to talk with anybody about the proceedings, including Trump or fellow defendant Walt Nada. He's expected back in court August 10th. And China's weather alert for flooding is now at the highest in their four-tier system. Red alert for potential disaster in southwestern suburbs of Beijing. It is in force until 8 p.m. local tonight. Two people have died in northern China as it has suffered two days of extremely heavy rainfall as well. Global News, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in over 120 countries in San Francisco. I'm Ed Baxter, and this is Bloomberg. The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. 
The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. I'm Brian Curtis in Hong Kong, along with Rashad Salamat in London. Our guest is Adam Coons, Chief Portfolio Manager at Winthrop Capital Management, with us in our studios in New York. Adam, thanks very much. The basic theme seems intact here. Uh, don't overthink it too much. Recession seems far away. Uh, the Fed is getting close to taking its foot off the brake, and there's momentum at your back here. Uh, do you fight it or do you embrace it? Well, first, thanks for having me. Um, I, I do think to some degree you do fight this, uh, that the Fed is going to take their foot off the gas. Um, but I think a lot of the damage has already been done. And so what we think is that kind of heading into the end of this year, at the beginning of 2024, is when we're going to start to see the cracks uh, really start to show themselves here in the economy. So uh, what we're looking at um, is the, you know, the index of leading economic indicators has continued to decline over the last several months. Um, and so we're focused on that and not so focused on all this lagging data that we've been focused in, that we've seen, you know, over the past week. Adam, is it a situation now where market participants are more or less pricing in uh, a soft landing and on top of that, perhaps even celebrating uh, mission accomplished with inflation? And if so, are they at the moment just perhaps getting a little bit too Pollyanna? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Complacency is definitely the theme that, that we're seeing right now. Um, I mean, when you just look at valuations on the S&P 500, uh, especially some specific companies in the, you know, in the top 10, it just doesn't make a lot of sense to us right now uh, when you're looking at the growth prospects of the economy over the, the coming year, you know, to see in NVIDIA and Tesla uh, trading at the mul multiples that they are, uh, it, it's just giving us caution right now. And, and that's why we're kind of backing away from, you know, the high growth, high beta type, type names right now. I, I get the uh, theme. I mean, the leading indicators, uh, which are more, you know, front and present uh, are, are looking a little negative, whereas the lagging indicators are up. Uh, but you have seen this spreading out of the gains. Russell 2000 now up 14 percent year to date. Energy is the best performing sector of late. And that's a, a big surprise. Energy is up 14 percent since June 1st. Uh, does it change things at all that the money is flowing a little bit more into the laggards rather than just the big seven? It, it does. I wouldn't say it changes that much. Uh, what we're focused on is really, you know, tightening our belt for uh, some sort of, you know, uh, <laughs> bad weather. So what we're looking at are the high quality names. Uh, what has performed lately are, are the, the deeper value. So we're moving into high quality. And so that still can be some large cap tech. I mean, when you look at Microsoft, Alphabet, uh, Microsoft, those are names that we still like, and the valuations are a little bit uh, rich or fairly valued. But what we're looking at are you, you, low debt, uh, high cash flow type companies that can weather uh, an environment where the economy starts to slow down and, and we do see some sort of retracement of, of equity markets. Adam, I don't envy you because you can't ignore those big names, can you? No, not at all. <laughs> you killed. And that's the thing. And, you know, if you didn't have them, people would start to raise their eyebrows. Yep. 
What about um, some other alternatives then, uh, like emerging markets or China or Japan or perhaps even Europe? Uh, have you have you been looking at some of those markets? And if so, what do you like? Or not like we have, you know, in the past we have uh, like China. Uh, I've wanted to to like that story for a while. Unfortunately, this is just a, a narrative that has begun to have too many headwinds. Uh, the, the consumer confidence in China uh, is just on a decline. You're seeing real estate prices uh, actually come down. And when you look at the, the difference of that economy, you know, 60% of assets owned are real estate. So to see those uh, declining, that is going to have a real impact, uh, you know, on, on investors and, and what they're willing to do. Um, and, then, and then when you look at, you know, private investment continues to be very, very low. Um, so, so we're worried about really what the policy uh, changes look like in China because th there is this uh, dynamic where they seem to want to um, protect their currency to some degree, um, but I don't see how they can do that uh, while at the same time trying to create the stimulus that's needed. So I think you're seeing you know the CCP kind of hold their ground. They're not moving quick to, to stimulate the economy. So I, I think right now what you need to do is, is fade the rally that you're seeing in, chi in China um, and, and continue to play more defense because that will be the, the first shoe to drop in the, in the global economy. Um, when you're looking at Europe, um, similar there, you know, it's it's the recession fears there. I think are even more heightened. Um, I, I just the economic data there just doesn't make sense to us. Japan, uh, I could get behind. You know, there's there's enough um, growth just overall in the economy. Uh, policymakers seem to be able to. Uh, maintain uh, the policy uh, changes without um, necessarily, you know, taking away from, from that growth that we've seen. So Japan would probably be the only place I'd look outside of the U.S. right now. Uh, unfortunately, this has been a story for quite a while, but the U.S. Uh, equity markets is still the best place to be right now. I want to just dial it back, uh, Adam, to uh, China. You know, essentially, there's been a buyer's strike. Uh, you know, do you go into arbitration? And uh, what would you like them to do in order to entice you in? Because I mean, there's so many compelling reasons on a valuation front on an earnings level as well, which should be attracting investors, but simply not. Yeah, I mean, I think there's still some, you know, effects from the, the tightening that they had on, you know, companies like Tencent, Alibaba. So that has given investors a little bit of caution. It's given, given us caution uh, because that was a big theme uh, for us uh, in 2021 and 2022 that really just didn't work out the way we thought it was going to uh, because, you know, the Chinese government stepped in. So I think what we need to see is, is a little bit of a pullback of that type of policy and let some of these large companies really run free. I, it, it was showing that it was working. So that's for us is the, really the biggest thing. There's a lot of different stimulus measures that they can take. Um, they have a lot of levers to pull, but for us, the biggest thing that we need to see is a shift in that tightening uh, of these, you know, more uh, democratic type type companies, like, uh, like I said, Alibaba and Tencent. So, Adam, you're pretty bearish here. Uh, we've seen a lot of the bears uh, capitulate uh, to a degree. Um, so I imagine you're still looking at the bond market uh, for for safer returns this year. Would you be at the longer end? Is that your preference? I, I would. Our, our highest conviction trade right now is long duration, high quality bonds. You know, this is a, a point in time. Uh, all the secular uh shifts that, that were pushing uh, interest rates down, those really didn't change. So we're going to just kind of see this as a short-term reversal uh, over the last couple of years. So for us to be able to, you know, clip a coupon of four to 5% um, and, and wait and wait this out, I think is just absolutely the, 
not only the just safest trade, but it, it is a trade that uh, from a price appreciation, if we see interest rates return back to their, you know, 2% mm. type level, I mean, those are going to be tremendous returns. So absolutely our highest conviction trade right now. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Asia, your morning brief on the stories making news from Hong Kong to Singapore and Wall Street. Look for us on your podcast feed every day on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcast. You can also listen live each day on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 991 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices, Just say, Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM Channel 119, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Brian Curtis. And I'm Doug Krisner. Join us again tomorrow for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.